Hey everyone, welcome to the channel. I'm Tetsuo. I just wanted to say I'm back and I'm rejuvenated. So expect a rapid series of uploads. But this episode is part of the scary stories by US States. If you missed the older episodes on US States and scary stories, click on the eye icon on the top right of the video or in the description below. I would love to see this channel grow, so if you can hit that subscribe button and share my videos with family and friends, we can definitely grow together. So loosen up and turn on your nightlights. Now please enjoy this episode titled 5 True Scary Stories from Colorado. Story 1 When I was 12, I met a spirit. My grandmother lives near the Rockies, almost on the border of Arapaho National Park. I was visiting her for Christmas and stayed in her cabin along with my two cousins and my cat, Sophie. The first strange thing happened to me on the second day of visiting. I was still unpacking with my back turned to the door of the guest room. I had the door closed, but when I turned around, it was wide open. I got spooked and nearly fell over. I peeked into the hallway and saw nothing. I asked my grandmother why it happened, and she explained that her house was built near an Indian burial ground, and that strange things happened regularly. She often thought about a certain ghost that haunted her house. She said that the last person to own the house was a young man around 35 years old. She said that on a dark winter night, he was driving home when the car flipped over the road and crashed. He was in the hospital, but didn't quite make it. My grandma thought that the young man came back because he missed his home. I didn't believe her. I thought she was just pulling my leg, but was I wrong? One night, it was particularly cold and my cat was sleeping with me. It was around 1 in the morning, and I woke up to find my cat staring out the window. I got up to see what she was staring at, and I was shocked to see a man standing in the snow looking up at the window. He waved at me and walked back into the forest. I grabbed my jacket and went after him. When I was outside, he was already gone. I had a feeling that my grandma wasn't lying, but that wasn't all. My cousin and I were going on a hike through the forest, and it was still snowing. Halfway through the trail, I wandered away towards the burial ground. When I got there, I only saw a clearing covered and snow. I turned around to find my cousins when I heard footsteps walking behind me, walking slowly through the snow. 
I turned around and saw something rustling in the bushes. A man emerged, looking pale with a smile on his face. We stared at each other for a few seconds until he politely asked, Hey, could you help me? He looked okay and he led me to the road where there was a car that was smoking fumes. It looked as if it ran into a tree. Is there anyone you know around here that could help me? The man asked. I'm not sure. Follow me. Maybe my cousins can help you. I replied. I led him back into the forest. The air still silent and still. After about 15 minutes, we finally found the trail. And there I see them. My cousins waiting for me. At this point, I can see their angry faces as I slowly approach them. Well, this guy needed help, I said. I then turned around to show them the man, but he was gone. I looked in disbelief. Yeah, yeah, right, my cousin said. I went back, but only found my footprints and nothing else. I could still hear him walking behind me when I found the trail. He just disappeared from plain sight. Just like that. Story 2 Prior to hunting trips, a lot of people go and scout their hunting area to see what activity the animals are doing to hopefully make their hunting trip successful. About seven or eight years ago, my family went to Gunnison, Colorado to scout the area prior to our elk hunting trip. There was this small valley that we all thought would be a great area to actually scout and hopefully have two of my brothers hunt when hunting season opened. This valley was only about 50 yards wide, so if anyone walking along the bottom, you can see when they're actually down there. As we walked along the top of the valley, my parents had one of my brothers and I descend down the valley and scout the area to the left while the rest of my family descended and scouted the area to the right, sort of near where we parked our cars. My parents told us that once they finished scouting the area to the right, they'll turn around and come find us. Both parties made our way towards the bottom of the valley and eventually split halfway down as we wanted to scout different areas. About 30 minutes after the split, my brother and I reached the bottom and we could no longer see my parents with my other siblings. We decided to go and scout the area and see if there were any elks in the area and what their movements were throughout the valley. After about 15 minutes or so of scouting, we began to see these figures walking ahead of us 
Every time we rounded a set of trees and got close to them, they would quickly move behind another set of trees. Now, they were only 20 yards ahead of us, and my brother and I thought that maybe they were our parents or siblings. We figured that maybe they have gotten down to the bottom, looked around their area, and passed us as they were hiking down the mountain. So we continued following these shapes, all the while yelling out, hey, and whistling at them to try to catch their attention. But they never paid us no mind. They just kept moving faster every time we got close to them, but never close enough for us to see who they are or what they were. After about a hundred yards of following them, my brother and I stopped following them and decided that if they are indeed our parents and siblings, then they would come back once they reached the end and didn't see us following them anymore. We then sat at a big clearing in the middle of the valley so that we could see everything around us. The grass was only ankle high and the trees were surrounding us. So we had a great view of everything. If anyone passed through this valley, we could see them. We stood there with my brother facing the direction where the shapes kept disappearing to. And I looked behind us to see where we came from. We then stood there talking for about 20 minutes until my parents showed up from the direction that we came from. When they got to us, my parents and sibling asked us why we've only gotten this far and if we even scouted the entire area on the left side. My brother and I told them that we actually didn't scout much. Instead, we followed these humanly shapes and figures ahead of us and we couldn't catch up to them. So we thought that these humanly shapes and figures were my parents and my siblings. So we decided to wait here in case they came back for us. We all stood in the clearing for about five minutes talking about what happened and what my brother and I saw. My dad then says out loud that we need to continue scouting and that they forgot an area behind us. This time, our entire family stayed together as we began hiking back. But only this time, up the hill and straight forward to our car. When we reached our car, we drove back to camp, packed our tents and belongings, and left. When we got home, my parents told us that something was also trying to lure them into following them. It was good that we had stopped where we were and did not continue any longer. Even to this day, when I think about this event, it sends chills up my spine and gives me goosebumps. Story 3 
I don't know if I necessarily believe in ghosts, but I had a few things happened when I was staying at this inn. I stayed there for about a good two nights. I was staying at Cheyenne Cannon Inn. I actually booked my reservation online. It looked like a really nice place according to the virtual tour. Anyways, I got to the inn about 10 p.m. I had been there earlier to get my key during business hours and left. The inn is in the base of the Rocky Mountains in a very wooded area. I got my keys and opened up the door to go up to my room. It was near complete darkness at the foot of the stairs. I got a funny feeling in my stomach right before I even unlocked the doors. But when I walked in as I was walking up the stairs, I was trying to adjust my eyes to the darkness. Each time I opened my eyes from blinking, I saw streaks of light moving diagonally upwards three times in my field of vision. After the third time, three quarters of the way up the stairs, I didn't see the streaks anymore and I freaked. I thought maybe it was just me, but I didn't see them anymore. I squealed and ran the rest of the way up the stairs. I got into my room, which was a nice room, but I noticed that when I went into the bathroom, there was a door that was in there. I was like, okay, another door in the bathroom? Where does it go to? Do I share a bathroom with someone? The next day, I came across the owner of the inn and I asked him about the door in the bathroom. He said that there were many doors in the inn and that he didn't know where they went to. He told me that the place was haunted and then he proceeded to give me a tour. I didn't even know that the inn was haunted until he said that and the place used to be a casino and bordello. He told me that five sisters used to live there and they were the one running the bordello and casino. That same day, the housekeeper that was cleaning my room kept telling me about her only experience with a ghost in that inn, but she said that it was one she will never forget. She was in the lookout room when she had her hair in a ponytail and something pulled her ponytail holder out of her hair. Later that day, I was getting ready to take a shower when I was sitting on the vanity and I felt a really hot spot in the corner by the vanity. And I didn't even have the shower on yet. I was trying to tell my friend about it, but she is definitely a non-believer. I'm not much of a storyteller, 
but I'm telling you exactly what happened to me and about the uneasy feeling I had while I was there. Maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's something. But I will never forget about that place. The Cheyenne Cannon Inn. Story 4 My family moved into this house in Colorado in 1980. I was 11 years old at the time. Immediately, I learned that there were such things as ghosts. It would say my name every night when I went to bed, and I would just lay there shaking, thinking, What? What was that? Many things happened over the years with this ghost. Most notably, every night, we would hear someone digging in the rocks on the side of the house, even with three feet of snow on the ground. Of course, when we would look the next day, there would be nothing dug up. But this isn't the only encounter I want to talk about. This other incident, I was sitting downstairs, just chilling, watching TV, and the ghost was probably trying to scare me one way or another. After seven years with this thing, I didn't get scared anymore. It just made me angry that it was trying to scare me. Anyways, I was tired. I turned off all the lights and ran upstairs with this thing chasing me like it always did. I get into my room and shut the door, my heart racing a bit, getting ready for bed. Then it occurred to me that I left something downstairs that I can't let my mother see. Probably a pot pipe or something. So I opened up the door to go downstairs. And I swear, this ghost is standing right in front of me. A huge rush of cold and fear hit me, and I shut the door, scared silly. This left me breathless for about a minute. What a horrible feeling. And yet, an even worse feeling was when I told myself that it didn't matter how scared I was, I had to open the door back up and go downstairs to get my stuff. Eventually, the fear of my mother overcame my fear of the ghost, and I opened up the door. Nothing was there this time. I turned on the hall light and retrieved my gear. I remember thinking, maybe I scared the ghost too, because I felt nothing on the run back upstairs. Like I said, Many things happened to me and my brother and sister throughout the years at this house. Never my mom though, but I do know she heard the digging. I think the ghost was scared of my mom.
Story 5 I used to live in this small city in Colorado with my husband and three kids. My sister and her daughter needed a place, so we looked around for rental units. Also at this time, she was around three or four months pregnant with her ex's baby. Everywhere was too expensive, and she couldn't afford them. Finally, we found a small two-bedroom duplex that was cheap, and only a few blocks from where I lived. She gets off work late, so we couldn't see the place until it was getting dark. Unlike the other duplexes, where the two units were usually side by side, facing the street, the units on this duplex were adjoined with the two front doors facing the neighbor's houses. The vacant unit had windows facing the back alley and the occupied unit faced the street. As soon as we got there, we met the management agent that was showing the property. We walked inside and I immediately get this weird feeling. I brushed it off as nerves. The unit was dark and the management lady mentioned something about the electricity not on. So there was hardly any light. We walked through the door into the living room and to the dining room. As I stood in the dining room, I thought this was an odd and creepy room. I felt coldness, but I never mentioned anything to my sister. FYI, I have learned afterwards that I do have some clairvoyant abilities, but that's a story for another day. Anyways, without having seen much of the place because it was dark, my sister signed a one-year lease the next day. She didn't want to miss this opportunity because it was so cheap, close to me, and she would finally have a place of her own. She was only 18 at this time. She finally moved in and lived there without incident for a few months. However, she mentioned that she had been having nightmares ever since she moved in. I told her not to be scared and that it was probably nothing. I slept over at her place with my kids a few times. And the crazy thing is, I've always had nightmares there as well. But I just didn't think anything of it. Then one day, my husband and I had an argument. And I decided to spend the night at her place to calm down. While I was there, my sister had gone out with her baby's father for the night. I stayed there at my sister's place all by myself while still talking on the phone with my husband trying to make up. I then got cold and went to heat my feet on the heater vents in the dining room. As I sat down on the ground, I saw a girl on all fours with really long and messy hair in the corner of the dining room. 
She looked as if she was convulsing and was gnawing on something. I was scared, but also so shook by this that I didn't know whether to scream, cry, or run. All I could do was close my eyes and pray. When I opened them, she disappeared. I thought I must have gone crazy or something, so I never mentioned this incident to anyone, not even my husband. Then one night, my husband and I decided to leave our kids with my sister so we could have a date night. On our way back, my sister called me on the phone and told me that my one-and-a-half-year-old daughter, who could only speak a few words, was freaking her out. I asked my sister why, and she replied, Your daughter was playing, and all of a sudden, she started screaming, crying, and saying that she was scared. I asked her if the other kids scared her. She just shook her head and said no. I asked all the other kids who scared her, and they said no one was near her, and that no one had scared her. Your daughter keeps pointing to the corner of the dining room, crying and saying, Scared. Scared. She won't go near there, and she keeps crying. Please come home quick. At this point, I was freaked out. Before she could tell me where my daughter was pointing, I said, Let me guess. It's the corner of the wall with the windows that meet the kitchen, huh? My sister sounded puzzled. She then replies, Wait, how did you know? I told her I will tell her when I get there since I didn't want her to be scared. When we finally got to her place, I eventually told her about the experience at her house. From that point on, she was so scared, she barely stayed home. While still living there, my sister and her boyfriend kept experiencing sleep paralysis. She would have really vivid dreams about a child coming to play with her. She would tell the child that she's very tired and doesn't want to play. The child would try to get her to get up by poking a very long fingernail into her eye. This vivid dream of hers kept occurring again and again. Eventually, my sister's eye became red and infected. This time in her dream, the child told her, If you don't come play with me, I'm gonna wait until your baby comes, and then I will play with your baby. Not knowing what to do, we then tell my mom about what has been happening. My mom got mad and said that my sister should have never rented that place. It was positioned weird with the entrance to the basement from the outside. It was a bad sign. And so my mom went to my sister's place and said out loud, Whoever you are, you are not welcomed here. You have passed, and this is no longer your home. 
You must move on. This is our house now. The day that my mom did that, I took a nap on the sofa, and I had a vivid dream that these men, three or four of them, were looking for me. They were white folks, and they dressed as if they were from a different time period. They walked right into the house, and told me, as I was still lying on the sofa, that they were not leaving, and this house. Belonged to them. After yelling this, they stormed out of the house. Afterwards, I told my mom about my dream, and my mom advised my sister to move out, since the spirits refused to leave. My sister did eventually move out before her lease ended. I tried to research the home, but found nothing. The only thing that I ever found historically was that her house was one of the very first built homes for the miners who used to live here. The miners back in the day would ride the train that is still in use now, located next to her house, to get to work and to get back home. For my dream and experiences, I do believe. That there was more than one spirit there, perhaps being so close to the train station, has made her home a portal or crossroads for these entities, because her neighbor that also lived in the same duplex also mentioned unexplainable paranormal activities that also have been occurring to her too. The crazy thing is. My sister's neighbor also moved out a few days after my sister packed her stuff and left. Thanks everyone for making it to the end of this episode. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to my channel and click on the notifications. Until then. See you in the next episode. Thank you.